Dark Art Society podcast covers a variety of important and contemporary issues, including dark art as well as other kinds of art, literature, film, music, also culture, philosophy, dreams, paranormal experiences, magic, and a whole lot more than that. I'm Mike Carell, director of Chet's Art, I Like to Paint Monsters, and you are listening to the Dark Art Society podcast, hosted by renowned artist Chet Zar. Hello, Mike. Hello again. Hello again. That's a good way to start it. <laughs> That'll be our catch catchphrase. Hello again. Hello, <laughs> Hello again, Chet. <laughs> maybe we should maybe we should start this week off with the synesthesia word of the week right away, so you don't forget. Okay. And then and then like leverage it into the end, and it'll sound all weird. Okay. Let's see if I can find it in my notes. Uh, I got. Here's a note. I wrote down it has nothing to do with that, but I just wrote a note. Piss clowns. All right. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but I thought that's that's interesting. <laughs> that, that's interesting. I don't know exactly what that means. I don't. I think I heard something or I read something that it looked like it said piss clowns, and I was like, "Whoa, that's one of those weird." That's something a phrase I've weird never heard phrase. before. I got to turn my AC off. Sorry, sorry. I told I I told Joy earlier today. I said that I was feeling queasy pride, and she was like, "Whoa, queasy pride! That's a, <laughs> that's a trippy phrase. Queasy pride. That sounds so weird together." Yeah, that's great. I like that queasy pride. Well, I was feeling that way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got some here. Right. Um, I got yeah, I got so many. I don't know what to pick. In uh, did, did I do information? The word information? I don't think so, no. Tastes like ketchup. Ooh, wow. I like that one because there's no correlation. (laughs) Whatsoever. Yeah. Those are the best ones where they make absolutely no sense. What kind of ketchup? Like really sweet ketchup? Just regular, I don't know, your standard Heinz ketchup. Okay. Not like cat's up. <laughs> Doesn't taste like cats up. Any of it? the flavors of my <laughs> of my words are, you know, whatever was popular in the seventies. Generic and benign to the seventies. Yes. Well, I have a mental note I wrote to myself, and that is that chai tea is just Tai Chi backwards. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> you should put that on your Facebook, man. You wasted it on here. Uh, I don't still- waste when I'm on the podcast. <laughs> this is for the people. I love my people. And I give them- <laughs> you can put it on Facebook too. That's just such a, a good little. It's a pretty good quote. one, isn't it? Yeah. So how are you doing? That one came to me because I was driving past a place and it said like on the front of it was like fitness, this, that. And then it was like Tai Chi. And I like, I don't know. All of a sudden I thought in my head, I was like, huh, Chai Chi is just Tai Chi backwards. <laughs> how are you? Oh. What's going on? How's the weather? Uh, How's the weather? Well, the weather's fine. Actually, it's blue and beautiful and, you know, like 67 degrees and yeah. lightly breezy. And it's just fall. It's beautiful. All the trees are turning. So it's like beautiful colors everywhere. Everything's red and orange and yellow and shades of green turning to yellow. And yeah. It's the best time of year here. It's the mo- one of the most magical times of year. Yeah, it's my favorite. It's been hot here lately, but still has a fall feel somehow. I think it's it's really dry and something about the something in the air feels fall fallish, even though it's hot. So it's kind of cool. We had a crazy windstorm last week. Yeah, that messed up our podcast. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was kind of crazy, but reminds me of when my mom used to take me to go kite flying up at Friendship Park in Pedro, up on the top mm. of this big hill. Really was that fun. the place you took me? Where we went up, we trucked up the side of that hill up to the top? Yeah, yeah, that was Friendship Park. Yep. Yeah, that's in the documentary. That's right. That's right. Remember, and then I made the funny, later I made the funny video of you going up the hill all tired and I did the Rocky music. Yeah. <laughs> that was so awesome. Forgot all about that. I know, That's gone gonna, too, I imagine. Oh, God. You're going to get all that stuff back, though, potentially, right? I, I hope so. I mean, you have it, you sent it to somebody who can. Mind no, I have that. to. It's right here. Oh. I have to take the screen off of it. So I'm going to have to to use this tutorial to figure out how to do that. And cause it's a flat screen and the hard drives inside the, uh, the screen itself. So it's not like an easy thing. It's a hard thing. So yeah. I have to take the screen off of it, get it out, static wrap it. And then I'm going to send it to somebody and they'll probably be able to reclaim it. But as of yet, just, it's still sitting inside this flat screen here on the right hand side. You couldn't just take it to the Apple store as is and just have them do it. Or is it just I could, gonna but be it's too gonna, expensive? But it's gonna, yeah, it's going to cost so much money. I mean, just take it to the Apple store in Albuquerque as is. And and it would it would easily cost just right right away. It would cost almost 2000 bucks and there'd be no guarantee I'd get the information back. So. Yeah, you get a new computer for that. Exactly. That's the problem. It's like the reclamation of lost information takes specific software. But I have a friend who has specific software that could probably help me. He's actually a Dark Art Society member too, but uh, you know I got to get it out of this, out of the, it's housing here. It's not like yeah, you know, yeah. No, uh, I was I was just who was I talking to about that? Binky, I think I was talking to Binky. It's pretty amazing how nowadays anything you need to learn how to do, you can do it. Find a tutorial on YouTube. Any, yeah, like yeah. anything, any yeah. house, how to fix your house or any car, yep. how to fix your window in your car or anything like that. It's pretty yep. cool. It is cool. Well, and I have a YouTube tutorial that's saved on my uh, Safari here in the, like my favorites area for that very specific task. So once right. I go to do it, I'll, I have this tutorial, but I haven't had time to mess with that. That happened like right before my parents showed up and then my parents were here for however long and then they left and then I have to, oh, yeah. you know, then they're gone. So now I've got to catch up for them being here with all the stuff. And right. so I just haven't got back to it yet. Plus trying to sell the house and the property and everything else just right. been been crazy it's been crazy crazy on every level for me on so many different levels it's yeah yeah it's gonna be and i know it's been that way for you too on your own level it's all relative yeah yeah it's things are uh better now because it's now that the show's over so i feel like it's i haven't you know done much this week other than uh i'm doing some little halloween horror movie studies but they've been going slow i'm just kind of doing them at my leisure because i just you know, push myself to the limit once again. And, um, just kind of like, you know, trying to get back in the swing of things, but letting myself rest a little bit. That's already Sunday. I can't believe it. Yeah. But it's good to know. I got some money coming in from the show and I think I have my taxes covered. Are there anyone, anyone's left for people to purchase? There is, yeah, there are three left because we sold. There was a, uh, before the show, we sold six of the ten. All the plaques sold, which is great. Sold a bunch of prints, which is great. And then we sold six of the ten paintings, and someone just bought a seventh painting. So there's three left. So there's three left, which is the priest, the politician, and now I have to look because I have to know. 
<laughs> Don't bother me. Uh, let's see here. Priest, politician, and yeah, the boogeyman soul. Mm-hmm. The zombie. So Priest, politician, zombie. I thought the zombie was one of the cool, coolest ones. It's one of my favorite ones. On yeah, there. I really like the zombie one too. Surprise! I didn't sold yet. Yeah, but um, I could see why the priest wouldn't sell right away because it's kind of <laughs> disturbing. You know, some guy. I I, I did this um, Jim McKenzie. I I I moderated his Q and A because he, mm-hmm. he screened his new short film, uh, the Monsters Mother, Monsters Mother, which is great. It's like a process video of him making this um uh you could you know listen on the last podcast we interviewed where he shows it's like an art film but it's the process of making that piece of art which is pretty meta when you think about it pretty cool but um there was a guy there because i you know it was at copper gallery this this event and after the q a i was just kind of hanging out and some guy was asking me about the the priest and he goes you meant for that to be like, like the digestive tract kind of stuff, right? And I was, I was like, that's kind of a cool way of putting it because he was like seeing the eyes as like almost throat, the throat and the mouth is like an asshole. And I was like, yeah, the mouth is kind of like asshole-ish. But I always just thought of the eyes as more like orifices, disgusting orifices. Um, but I thought that was pretty astute that he was able to pick up on sure. that. Yeah, well, that's the best part of doing your art and then getting it out in the world is getting to have, like you said before, that interaction and that dialogue oh, yeah. between the people observing it and then the art itself because it takes on this other magical life. Yeah, it's 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 you know when when your work is vague or has a certain amount of vagueness to it, it really um, it it makes the artwork so much more special. That's you know that's kind of why I'm so down on a lot of political art i see nowadays because it's so just on the nail you know you, there's no interpretation it's like a, here's the message yeah you know this is what it is yeah. and there's no yeah. kind of like oh what's going on here <clears throat> yeah it's and, like spoon feeding yeah yeah and when when um when it's vague like that then it, it really involves the viewer and the viewer becomes a part of it because the Absolutely. viewer's interpretation changes the painting in a way it does it definitely changes the way i see it and i'm the guy who made it so when someone says oh i get this idea from it it's like oh it opens up a whole new it's like another layer that i didn't even realize existed and it's uh it is the magical one of the magical things about it so i love that about yeah there's well and there's an art just to the the thing you know notion of ambiguity in and of itself Mm -hmm. yeah right like you have to to do it right to be yeah yeah to be able to be ambiguous enough but not too ambiguous (laughs) because you know and that's true for any medium whatever medium you're working in really you know i thought that was interesting too about um the jim mckenzie interview that he was talking about how his stuff is the same way he works on a subconscious level Mm-hmm. And he was he made it he he told a really interesting story last night about that um, King Gordo dog sculpture mm-hmm. about how he he was you know he he his, he had this dog all his life and then when he was in college the dog died and then you know he's obviously very sad about that and then someone just brought him Gordo just gave it to him like here here's a dog for you and he's like I don't want a dog I don't want this dog and he was all pissed about it uh-huh. and then after a week he realized he totally fell in love with this dog. Uh-huh. And, and then from that point on, all of his artwork was about this dog, and he didn't know why. He was like, 
he just was that was what he was compelled to do mm-hmm. and um he said he realized that it was it was he was trying to immortalize this thing that he didn't want to lose again like because he was mm-hmm. in love with this dog and so his way his artwork was kind of the subconscious way of trying to keep the dog alive forever in a way and then a trip yeah that's cool so cool so cool it's interesting that's- it's cool that, that that wouldn't be you know um that backfilled that you know that like that's that he didn't think that in advance, but right. rather he reflected upon that after the fact. That's what, you know, that's my favorite kind of art. And I know not all, all artists don't work that way, but when when it's coming from your subconscious and, and you feel compelled to do something and you don't know why you're doing it, but you feel like you have to do it, mm-hmm. that's kind of the most m- magical thing to me. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, it's because really then the- you, be, you become like a conduit and really just an instrument for something to pass through, you know, because yeah. it's bigger than us. Everything we're doing, you know, it's all so much bigger than us. Yeah, you know? yeah. And it's and it's a way that a way to communicate with a part of yourself that you don't really have access to. Yeah. Normally. Yeah. So it's yep. it's it's like art is sort of another um a form of communication with yourself as well yeah. as communicating with others, but it's, it's like a, a cycle. It's almost, you know, it's like a Rorschach test or inkblot test. You know, it's interesting. It's cool. It's like a tool in that way to, to Definitely. get in touch with parts of yourself that are not easily, you know, accessible. So yeah. W- whether it's your higher or your lower selves, you know? Yeah. Just, just the deep, a deep part of yourself. Well, I could definitely relate to that because this whole thing with my New Mexico horror, pro- true horror project is so weird in that way, because as you've observed, it's like, you know, I, I'm making this thing that from the outset, I basically stated, it's like, well, it could be real or it could not be real. It could be partly real. It could be totally real. It could be cherry picking from real, you know, and it's up to the, the audience member to enjoy that aspect and try to figure out for themselves. Well, is right. it or isn't it? But it's like at a certain point in time, I became one of the audience members and I'm trying to figure out whether it's real or not, <laughs> and how much of it is real and how much is yeah, it, you right. know? Yeah. because it, all this crazy stuff, all this apocalyptic stuff has, has happened you know, pretty it's much definitely in working. tandem yeah, with that. It's definitely you know? working like a metaphor, you know, for your life in a way right mm-hmm. now with all the craziness. It's, it's Especially because you don't even know the ultimate reveal at the end. I know. That, you know, and that actually is, you, when you find that part out, you're really going to trip on how much of a reflective thing this whole entire deal is. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's weird because, you know, um, Grant Morrison talks about, uh, talked about it, uh, his comic, the, In- the invisibles, I think it was where he, you know, he gives that story about how he was manifest manifesting kind of like through, through his artwork and his, it was manifesting in his real life. And, um, and it's, you know, it's one of those chicken and egg things. Like, you know, are, I, I'm certain what's going on in your life is not created from the, New Mexico true horror and it's the other way around. It's more <laughs> yeah. like yeah, but but he he his take was the other way around like he was making this stuff happen. And it was a you know, he it wasn't only good stuff, it was like bad stuff like him I think him getting beaten up or <coughs> I forget what the what the story was, but it's but it's weird, you know, it, it kind of works one way or the other maybe like you're manifesting stuff through your art or you are yeah, creating a metaphor for something you can't really you're trying to understand something that's happening in your life through your art Mm -hmm. 
you know i mean i think it's probably a little bit of all of that i don't think mm. that it's probably <clears throat> one or the other at all you know yeah but i mean i think he was... i think it's like it's reciprocal it's like a saw it goes back and forth you know mm. yeah Sometimes you're creating the thing and manifesting the stuff in your life as a result of the inspiration that you've, you know, drawn from this muse, whatever this idea is, you know what I mean? And then sometimes it is coming back and the saw mm-hmm. blade's going back the other direction and all that sawdust is coming back at you. you yeah, know? yeah. And so I think it does go both ways. I, I've been feeling that way about it. I, I remember when I first started, decided, you know, I'm going to paint monsters and sort of a lot of horrible things. I was, I, there was a fear there that, you know, am I going to, am I like manifesting something? Am I going to manifest, manifest monsters in my life? Yeah. Are you going to conjure up like a demon or something? Or, or yeah. Or even on like, you know, drawing a bad person into your life. Sure. Am I, sure. am I creating negativity? But it, it actually has. Like it's a talisman or something. Right. Like right. Getting a magnet for negativity here. <laughs> but it yeah. was actually the, the, uh, the opposite of that. You know, it was like, uh, I don't know. It was kind of, like, but I think again, it comes down to what you said, though. What you're, you know, how it reflects upon and how you're dealing with your internal stuff, but as a byproduct through your artwork. Because, in my opinion, for you, you because you aren't invested in trying to say something with your work. Rather, you're just engaged in a very natural and organic relationship where it's this give and take, and you're inspired and you like what you do, and you're excited to see what's going to happen too. Mm-hmm. That as a byproduct of that, it's not the same thing. We're like. You know, you're you're uh, uh, you're actually dealing with the things in yourself, like you said earlier, subconsciously that you're not really to de- you know able to deal with on a conscious level. And then later, once you've unconsciously dealt with it in this artistic manner, you're able to then consciously reflect back and say, "Oh, wow, right. you know, that is the healthiest." You know, that's a circle. Right, that's a right. and it turns. Whereas, like for a person who's not doing it that way, I don't think it could give them that same kind of reciprocation. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that it might conjure bad people and and negatively impact and draw about things in their life if they're not using it as a format for, you know, understanding themselves better and having right. greater self-awareness and greater consciousness. You right. Know? And in a sense, you know, that's another approach you could take to art making is you're rather than allowing the artwork to happen through you in the way that it wants to, you're, you're trying to say a message and you are kind of manipulating You're you're using, it's almost like you're, you're using your ego to form the painting, the artwork, because, you know, it's like you want to make this point and mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, uh, I suppose if you're driven to do that, that's one thing, but I think you could probably, be creating art that way and completely missing the point that something is trying to tell you tell something, you. Yeah, but exactly. you want, but you're, but you're like, well, it's more important what I want to tell the world rather right. than what my art wants to tell me. And then that's like an ego game, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that, I mean, and here's who's to say at the end of the day, you know, if that, that, we're not saying that couldn't bring wealth or success on any of these other levels. And if that's all you're after, then okay, cool. But for us, I mean, I think you and I certainly, and I don't know, I can't speak for our entire audience base, but I know for you and I, that it's, it's about so much more than that, Mm. that that's, that's trivial to some degree because we've subjugated ourselves to intense impoverishment at times, intense, you know, just intense negativity at, 
in, you know, almost in testament to our art in order to continue to endure what we must endure to bring about what it is that we're doing in order for it to teach us more about ourselves, mm-hmm. right? So it's like if you're engaged in that process, you're willing to sacrifice in order to have that experience as opposed to mold and force and try to control it into being something mm-hmm. where you're asking it to give you and give you. You know, there's got to be a give and take. That's what I mean, that right, reciprocation. Right. It's got to go back and forth. Even and I could I could see that even if you spent a period of I'm um, you know I'm specifically creating a message that I want to say and you create a bunch of artwork like that and then eventually become more self aware about what's going on in your insides I think at that point you probably can look back at your artwork and still gain insight. To, Absolutely, you know what I mean. I don't Absolutely, know. art is just so so amazing, and uh, it is so amazing. Well, and it's like the only thing that probably is getting through either of us through this apocalyptic time, and that is that you know the topic of this episode today are personal apocalypses, and right. for each of us, art is like a big part of what keeps us from losing our shit, basically yeah, losing yeah. our minds, going crazy, doing severe, irresponsible things, whatever it may be. It's yeah. because of this Turning thing that we do right. with ourselves, this game we play with ourselves. Yeah, yeah, because I I noticed um, during the the villains thing and and. You know, I'm not going through a, a massive apocalypse like you or a number of other people I know are, but you know, still the stress was there. I was to a point where I had no money, and it's like I kind of had to had to wait. It was just right on the edge there. But man, as soon as I sat down and started painting and had a good painting session, it's like everything goes away. Everything bad goes away, you know. And it's just like, ah, oh, this is why I'm doing it, you know. Because you remember I was talking about how how i was at a point where i'm like why am i doing this this is yeah. stupid <laughs> you know you get yeah. to, i get to that point every time i do a show and things get stressful but the moment i sit down and lose myself in a painting it's just like all of that is gone and i just feel so good again it's weird it's like this you know south that just makes everything feel better for at least a moment or yeah a short period of time but yeah i mean we, we so so this episode's about personal apocalypses and um because i i just noticed you know i know mike's going mike is the first person that you're the first person that you said that you're like you, you referred to what your 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 life right now is a personal apocalypse and that's the first time <laughs> I, was, I kind of thought of a personal apocalypse and i started noticing after that and subsequently too that so many people i know are going through a major major upheaval in their lives like big time Mm-hmm. And it's so strange that so many people are going through it right now that I thought, you know, it'd be interesting to, to, to discuss it because not, and not only are people um, personally going through it, but you know, the country is absolutely going through it as a whole, you know, and people Every, couldn't be more divided. Yeah. You know? And I think, I think people on both sides think the same, feel the same way. Even the side that's winning right now is, is still is kind of, you know, I think they they they're in power right now, but I I, I think they kind of know it's not going to last. You know, it's it's so it's they're still feeling like everybody just feels like it's the end of the world. Basically, everyone's feeling like this apocalypse. This apocalypse. Well, and I don't feeling. feel I don't feel like right now. Even the people that are represented by the power that you know is in control of the government right now, 
those people, they don't feel represented by those people. And so they feel equally dismayed because there are people in a position of power who are supposed to be the ones representing their side of the coin and they're not being represented by them and they're actually offended by what right. most of these people are doing. So how, I mean, that's that's even rougher, you know, to some degree because right. it's easy enough to be on the other side of the fence and be like, yeah, well, they obviously they suck. But, you know, to be on the same side of the fence and still have to be like, man, this is fucked. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. got to be really rough. That's talk about apocalyptic, right? Yeah. Your side's winning and yet you're losing, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's there's just so much discord going on. And it almost, you know, it's almost kind of silly to discuss it because it's so obvious and you see it every day on people's political posts on Facebook. It's just... You know. well, I just won't even get into any of that on social media at all. I just won't even touch it. Yeah, yeah. I definitely backed up, backed off, and I wasn't posting any political stuff. And then once in a while, the other day, I posted a couple things. But it was just those things were thoughts that popped into my head that I thought were interesting. And so I posted them and just said, fuck it. But um, <laughs> it wasn't like I was looking for a fight or I felt like I had to change the world or anything like, like that. It was just sort of like honest musings going on in my mind. But um, I don't. It's I, I think it's important and and it's difficult to do while you're going through it because I've definitely gone through my own personal apocalypses in the past many times, you know at least mm, probably four or five times in my life where there was serious, <clears throat> serious, serious upheaval going on, and when you're in the midst of it, it's really hard to and this applies to what we're going through in the country too um it's hard to lose sight i mean it's easy to lose sight of the fact that what's really probably happening probably and probably maybe not always but probably is that something is being torn down so that something better can be rebuilt and a lot of times personal apocalypses come because it's time for you to give this thing up that you've been holding on to because there's something better for you. And, and it's like, you know, like, like when I, um, <clears throat> when I, uh, quit my job in effects, <clears throat> I got laid off because I didn't have the balls to quit, you know, because I was the financial security. And so, it was like a little nudge that I should go in that direction and start following my fine art because uh, I could have, you know, if I didn't, if I didn't get laid off that week that I got laid off, I probably, it, who knows how many years it would have been before I actually went off on my own and started doing my own thing. Mm -hmm. And so it's like life will present things, opportunities to you in a way that are, you know, painful, painful things well, because you won't do it yourself. You that's know, what I was about to say, especially, <laughs> especially if you just won't do it yourself. Right, yeah, yeah. And it's and it and, and in hindsight, you can look, and I can totally see in hindsight all these little signs that were telling me, branch out on your own, branch out on your own, and I just wouldn't do it because I was too yeah. scared to do it. And I, it finally, it took this one point where I was like, okay, you don't have a job now, so you know <laughs> who knows when your next job will be. But you could focus all your energy on getting another job, or you could focus all your energy on not having to go back to that thing that you're trying to get out of sure so uh, you know i just I, I i would like people that are going through it to to try and remember that there's you know there's a a reward at the end of this and i think that this that goes for what's going on in the country as well you know yeah, nothing yeah. ever stays the same 
Nothing ever stays one way. It's going to get good again, and then it's going to get bad again, and it's going to get good again. And it's like the big apocalyptic moments don't happen too often, but they do happen. But they don't last forever. They just yeah, don't. Yeah. You know, look at history. Look at your yeah. own life. You know. Well, and I think that you know part of what's difficult about that is is that you know it's uh, any time I think for humans, and and I don't know what it's like for any anybody else, but I have to speak to for us. We're facing uncertainty. Right. We're dealing with the unknown, and that's scary for us, right? And so the reason that we end up getting ourselves into personal apocalypses is because we were resisting having right. to deal with the uncertain, and so you're going to be forced now to deal with the uncertain. And so as those things unfold, I think oftentimes for people it's really hard to maintain faith because. Mm-hmm. As that process unfolds, you're discovering what the path is. It's not like you had a map and you're like, oh, well, that's the way the trail goes. And there's this branch here, but I don't have to worry about that one because actually I'm headed north, Mm -hmm. you know. And so what changes along the way is is that as you're going through these apocalyptic times and there's the, the, you know, shatterings of illusions and there are these exposés of the truth and there are these realizations – that also your course is changing and pretty dramatically mm-hmm. and quickly like, oh, what? Wait, I'm doing this now? Okay, right. I'm going to do that now, I guess. And then all of a sudden you find out, well, no, actually, I'm not really even doing that. I'm doing this other thing. Right. Whoa, okay. huh? And so that could be dismaying because it's kind of this like unraveling uh, cord of uncertainty. And I think that within that, again, it's really important to be able to maintain that mindset of like, as scary and weird as it is, the easier it'll be is and the less uncomfortable, the more I just adopt it and accept it as it happens right. instead of resisting it. And so it comes back down to that resisting thing where totally. if you weren't resisting so long to begin with, then you wouldn't be in the spot. Right. So all you could do is change how you are in the future. You can't change how it was. So you just say, well, going forward, I'm going to resist less about that right. because yeah. when the signs are telling me, it's not, I'm not going to stop it from happening by ignoring the signs. Right, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I'll just yeah. be ill-prepared for when the, when the towers <laughs> fall on my head. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think that's a great point because it's, it's, uh, if you can't, and it's, it's really difficult to do, but, but there's a point where you have to just accept it, you know, you have to accept it and go, okay. I'm not going to resist anymore. And this is such a Zen thing too. And and Taoist kind of philosophy where it's just like, you have to, you know, acceptance rather than manipulation and control. You have to relinquish control. And, and, and in a way that the, 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 I think an apocalypse, the, the, the ultimate, you know, what apocalypse means a revealing or something. I think it literally translates like ultimate, the ultimate revealing veil lifting or whatever. I think that, um uh, an apocalypse a personal apocalypse is like it's almost it's a metaphor for death in a way like physical death sure. because that's the one the one thing you know everyone's freaked out there's going to be a nuclear war there's going to be whatever anarchy in the streets there's going to be food water wars and food shortages this and that all that stuff is really just kind of reminding us that we're all going to die one day. That's what the yeah, anxiety yep. is from, I think, deep-seated yep. anxiety. And if you think, and that's that fear of the unknown thing, right? Again. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, you're definitely going to die, for sure. Everyone's going to die, and there's going to definitely don't know when it's going to happen. You don't know either. when it's going to happen, and you don't know what happens after. Yep. You know what I mean? So you know, in a sense, you can use the the metaphor of the personal apocalypse as 
uh, it's just a, the petite mort. It's like a preparation for the ultimate death. You the, the right. death you owe, the one you're gonna give no matter what. You yeah, got all yeah. these little deaths along the way. You better get used to it. It's like galvanizing you and tempering you for right. the thing that's going to eventually happen. Right, right. Yeah. It's, so it's kind of like practice for dying in a way. Because yeah, yeah. Totally. But, but 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 I guess the the silver lining interpretation is, you know, if you if you can get through your apocalypse. It, you will end up, you will be the better for it. You know, what, what doesn't kill me only makes me stronger. That whole thing. Um, so if that happens in life that you, you're going to go through hell and if you accept it and just let go, it's, you're going to end up better on the other side of it. Then that's what will happen. You know, it's, it's a good, um, a little bit of an indication that when, when that there death is, ultimately a good thing in a way because if you look at you know what's on the other side of death is you don't know but you can kind of go you know what in life at the other end of the apocalypse personal apocalypse is me getting stronger and, and better and yeah you know, and letting go of a bunch of stuff that's and, the and having a new that comes with it is having a, freedom yeah yeah that's true but having like a new life to where you've let go of a bunch of stuff and you and you've sort of been put to the test and you realize you're stronger and you come out of it a better more fulfilled person so my my point about that is just that you know it kind of can can be if you look at the personal apocalypse in that way you can kind of um extrapolate and go okay so when we die it's not at the end of that difficult period which is right at the end before you die and the other side of that whatever it is it's going to be a good more fulfilled state of existence in some way yeah, yeah, because it's the ultimate giving up of all things, all baggage, quote, yeah. because you have to relinquish your body, you know, one way or another. So, yeah. So, I don't know. I just I felt like it would be good to give do something kind of positive because everyone is so freaked out, and, and myself included. Everybody is, you know. Aside from people having personal, individual personal apocalypses like the one you're going through, you know, there's such upheaval that in the country with the climate and the world, I really feel like, you know, it, maybe it's not true, but my personal feeling is, and it sounds so new agey, but I really feel that way that it's, it's kind of this darkest point before this big positive change. I really feel that way. Like it's, I know you really feel that way. <laughs> like, like, uh, and you know, maybe it won't be true, but I, I feel like it, it, it is. It's like the point it has to get before anything changes, getting off fossil fuel, all this shit that we need to do. It's going to get so bad that, that it's forcing us to do it. Mm -hmm. It's forcing us to get into find alternative, um, sources of power and new ways of being, you know, this whole system, it just is not working for everyone. I just, I just don't see any of that happening in my lifetime. You know, well, so like I don't, maybe not. You know, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Maybe in not. regard to like, I don't disagree with you that we're that you know historically we're on the next verge of the next apocalypse with the next thing that will come after that and so on and so forth and as it as it has always been and so shall it be and all that. Mm. But I mean, I definitely don't think we're going to see beyond the apocalypse during our lifetimes i think I we were know, just though. more of the apocalypse here's the here, here's i mean of course that may be true but uh, let me give you a case against that things are moving so much faster every day there's that i figure what that law is about computing to where you know every 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 big jump in technology 
the period because of the technology, the period in between the jumps are shorter and shorter and shorter to where you reach the singularity and everything's yeah. happening all at once. That's why I think maybe you're wrong there because the changes that are happening now happen way faster than they happened in the 70s or the 60s or in the 50s because of technology and things like the internet has totally changed everything. At I least, don't disagree with at that. Least I don't disagree the, with any of that. At least to the point where you can say it's who knows. Maybe it could be a week and everything is going to change because who things, knows? who knows? Who knows? So, I'm, I, all I said was I, I I would love to think that. I just don't think that. But, you know, you've got people like Elon Musk out there basically saying, like, well, you know, the, the robots are going to take over and it will be Skynet and, you know, you're all fucked. You're all going to be, you know, subservient to machines. And you've got people, you know, you, you're the one that brought up the Hadron Collider the other day, and right. you, <laughs> you know, crashing protons into each other at high speeds in order to create man-made black holes and stuff you know i mean i don't know i, I there's there's a lot of other questionable terrifying things I, going on that could impede uh, oh yeah but i i mean there's a, a lot of things i never saw oh and by the way wait, in my lifetime you, like we you know legalization. how i oh, you know how oh. i am so if something yeah i agree with that but if but that to me is a very small thing versus cosmic things we're but still about. yeah but still but wait, hold on hold on i gotta i gotta mention as an anecdote so the day that you brought up the Hadron Collider, I was like, that's so weird to check because he never says anything like that. Like, you're not a conspiracy guy. And you were just kind of joking, but yeah. it was just funny. So I thought I, I was like, I better go look because that's like a sign that I should go take a look. So I looked and I was doing a bunch of research on it. And like right around the time that you said that they were starting this five week period of intensive activity, the most activity that they've ever done in the Hadron Collider, because they're going to it's going to be shut down for two years to do all this like maintenance work on it. And they're uh-huh. not going to believe it so they're like doing all this crazy amount of like testing like more than ever that's been done trying to crash protons into one another and it was like right during the time frame that you said that when you were like i think it opened up a parallel dimension and that's why everything's so crazy and it was funny because i looked and i'm like well they are really using it a lot right now (laughs) that's funny more than ever they say yeah wow that's weird anyway i don't know i i what was i saying i was trying to say a point what was what was I saying there? Uh, it was a good point too. Uh, I forgot. Oh, weed legalization. Things like weed legalization. It's in Canada. It's totally legal in Canada now. I I never thought. I know it's a small thing, but it's something. I never thought that either. I never thought it, I'd see it. It's it's something in my lifetime that I never thought would happen. I never. I'm not basing. Here's the thing. I agree with everything you're saying. You know that I do because we've had these conversations like ad nauseum. I don't disagree with anything you're saying, and I am hopeful for all of that yeah, too. Yeah, I'm just, I, I, all I'm simply saying is that without any logic, without any reasoning, without any like debating or disputing, I just simply on an intuitive base level feel. Yeah, that well, it is a different way that I'm not going to see any of that before it's <laughs> over for me. I just feel that way. I'm not saying that there's anything that substantiates that. I can think of a lot of things that would insubstantiate that, actually. Well, that's like the, you that's, like a lot of things you've said, but I feel that way. Say, anyway. I feel the same way the <laughs> other way, too. So it's like one of us is wrong. Or, for sure, one of us or, is wrong. Or, or it's up in the air and who knows? It hasn't happened yet. So how can, it, how can we know what's going to happen either way? I just feel like I don't know specifically, but I have an overall general sensation about it. <laughs> Me too. 
<laughs> I know you do, and it's and I like that we're we're opposing because you and I we so rarely oppose on anything that it's like that's kind of perfect that we would oppose on some really basic you know big things because we don't oppose on virtually anything else ninety ninety percent of the time. I I I mean regardless uh, if things are chaotic th- for the rest of our lives, um, I also feel that you know you can uh, individually you and your family and your loved ones you can. You can exist within the eye of the storm and still have a a uh, fulfilling life. I can attest to that because that's yeah. what I've been doing. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> definitely, there's no doubt that you can definitely live in the eye of the storm and and be all right mentally if you have people that love you and you love them and you're true to your morals and your ideals and you're creative and re- self reflective and you try to yeah. do no harm and shit like that. I mean, sure. I, I feel like, you know, I'm feeling the fight club thing right now, for sure. You know, <laughs> the things that you own, you end up owning you and right. you're not free to do anything until you have nothing. And <laughs> you know, all that, but yeah, I'm feeling all that very intensely. So that's probably part of my pessimistic overall sensation about the state of the world. You know, I am. Well, yeah, you're in the, yeah, you're in the, yeah, you're in the shit right now. So it's easy. Watching to... all of the illusions crack and, and yeah. shat and fall apart. And you know, the little man behind the, behind the uh do not mind the little man behind the <laughs> curtains <laughs> i i, I it, as much as everything is you know the world the world in my lifetime this is the worst that it's ever been in this country in my lifetime that i've i've noticed or i've felt i think um you know i said that in the documentary and after i, I said like this is the worst time ever I said that in the documentary and looking back on that now, it's like, well, I was born in 67 and in the sixties shit, everybody thought that everybody thought that this was it. It was over. There was race riots. There was chaos everywhere. So, um, you know, that's definitely not necessarily true. This is the worst it's ever been, but it feels like in my lifetime, what I've witnessed, this is the most chaotic, unpredictable and dangerous times we've ever lived in. But Personally, I still feel happier than I've ever felt in my life. You know, it's like per- personally on a, on an inner level with, with my life. So it's like, you know, I know I know you can exist within the chaos and still, uh, you know, be happy. Well, that's why I always say, uh, you know, that and I I hate it that I can't quote who this quote is. It's not my quote, but I always say, freedom is not serenity from the st- or excuse me, serenity is not freedom from the storm, rather peace within the storm. Right. And and I don't know who that who actually said that, but it's for me, it's one of those mantras because I I know it to be true because I've gone through that enough times to be like, yes, this is true. It's like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I always have to tell myself that sometimes because it's like, fuck, dude. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, you feel like you could take only so much and then it's like, oh, really? And then there's like a hundred times more. And it's like, oh, holy shit. And then it's like, dude, that's all I can take. And it's like, really? A thousand times more. Like, fuck? You know, like, you, you you think you can only take so oh, much. I know. Like a hundred million times yeah, more. Yeah. Than you, you know, every time you, you've been, you've been, keeping me updated on your apocalypse and every time there's a new thing that happens it's like wow it's you know it's amazing like you're you're like a you're like this endurance runner who just will not <laughs> stop and the the hill just gets steeper all of a sudden you think oh i'm just about over and then boom another one and it's like fuck it's insane so I feel That's for you. You say every time I, I message you is you're all, wow. I know, it's like, <laughs> when will it end? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. No, I know you feel for me. That's why I say it to you and I don't say it to anybody else pretty much. Yeah, yeah. 
But you know, I, I, I on a again on a positive note because you know the idea for me was to try and you know give people a little bit of hope. But I'm not in the shit right now personally. Like, of course I'm I'm I've got definitely a lot of financial issues. It's always a struggle. It's like the artist artist way. I'm in that in that at that point where I'm not earning enough to be free from all this stuff but i it's like i'm at this weird point this weird i've been here for a while too where it's just like still struggling still struggling and then it you know but i'm not i'm not over the uh i don't know i'm not coasting yet put it that way which i hope to get to coasting at some point but um do you consider coasting like it's sustainable like do you you know is that like a matter of sustainability like if you were like okay it's totally sustainable because you feel it seems to me like you're beyond sustainable you're like you you know what i mean because i'm that's what i'm trying to do is like find out how i can be sustainable but you're sustainable so what does like coasting mean you know well coasting would be where i wouldn't have to work as hard just a little bit less i don't mind working i like working i enjoy it um but when it's when it gets to that point where you you know it's affecting your health, yeah, because you have to work so hard. That's not that's too that's not coasting to me. Coasting to me is where you're able to do you know make a comfortable living and not have to be killing yourself to do it. You know yeah. that's coasting to me, or just you know get you know getting rich to the point where you don't have to work. That would be coasting. I don't know if that's ever going to happen, <laughs> but. Um, Oh, what was my point though? I was going to, uh, I'm uh, sorry. I always uh, do that to you. Uh, um, uh, I was trying to make a point. Oh, oh, that the, the, the other thing about personal apocalypses are time when times are really difficult. And this kind of goes, goes in line with what I said on my artist statement for the villain show is that, um, <clears throat> you know, villains are, in the same way that 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 bad times are important, villains are important because they give people the opportunity to be. They give the opportunity for heroes to exist. And without villains, there would not be any heroes. Without adversity, there would not be any reason to be your best self. You know. So really, as painful as they are, bad times in your life are really opportunities to show yourself what you're made of and how how strong you are and how resilient you are and how you can make it through anything and and from, coming from my personal experience and i'm sure you could agree with this once you get through a, a personal apocalypse like that you feel like a different like a new person mm-hmm. and you feel less scared well you are you know yeah, it yeah. changes it changes your gen, your your energy you right. know, your con, your confirmation and the way in which your actually your structure is put together it's funny that you say all that you know, I just like all of a sudden had kind of a flash because I've read the Don Juan books a lot, the Carlos Castaneda mm-hmm. series and um, through and through several times. And one of the things that they always talk about in there is our petty tyrants. And basically a petty tyrant is somebody who in your life makes it hard on you. Right. And and they make you really have to be the best you can be and and bring out the most you have. And oftentimes it's really unpleasant because they're they're oftentimes not treating you well. Yeah, you yeah. know, they're oftentimes being mean to you and for no reason whatsoever, they're petty and they're tyrants. And that's why that, you know, that little phrase works. But if you can kind of shift your perception around it and you're not looking at them as like, man, that asshole or that, that, that bitch or the, that whatever. But if you're like, you know, 
they're really forcing me to bring what I got to the table and really see what I have even to bring to the table and then see how well I can use what I have at the table, right. you know? And if you, and they're helpers percent, in that way. Yeah, it's helping you. Exactly. And so it's funny that, you know, to, and also a lot of the death stuff that we're talking about, you know, all of this relates back to that series of books in that teaching of uh, similarly parallels in that teaching of knowledge. And so far as how to orient yourself with ultimately the struggle of life and how to be able to have the most fulfilled existence you can. I mean, that's really what it's all it's right, about. Any yeah, yeah. way, that's what any way should be about, ultimately. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree, man. It's like the, those people that piss you off the most and upset you the most are really helping you. A lot of times they're helping you more than people that are intentionally helping you to do things, you know, because yeah. they're 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 putting it in your face. They're not challenging Yeah, you. exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, I remember, you know, because I went through this thing with, my dad, my biological father, who, you know, he raised me until my stepdad came along and he was always in my life but ex until, you know, he, until my adult years, he was, um, you know, kind of went away for a long time, but he just sort of, he was mentally ill. And, um, you know, when you first, when I first discovered when I was in therapy, how, how uh, damaged he was, I was, you know, pissed at him. You know, I was angry mm -hmm. for all the shitty things he did to me. And then, and this, you know, obviously this is not necessarily the truth, but I was able to look at it like, well, what if, just like you're saying, shifting your perception, which is so important. What if, you know, what if he, and, and again, I'm not saying this is true, but I was just being able to look at it this way, I think is helpful. What if he sacrificed his life because he was miserable you know, his whole life, he was like bipolar, I think. And, uh, uh, like really sick, you know? And, um, I, I was thinking, what if in the, in the terms of reincarnation, what if he sacrificed having a decent life so that he could put me through all this shit so that I could become the person I am? What if it was a sacrifice? And, and rather than this guy that fucked my life up, it was this mm -hmm. guy that, mm -hmm put me in a position to where I could be who I am today that I'm really happy about. And he gave his whole life up for that. You know, what if, and it's, mm -hmm. and it's just a different way of looking at, at things. So you can look at your worst enemy and say, wow, that person really helped me so much because, you know, no one else that cared about me would have ever put me in a situation like that, that made me mm -hmm. rise to the occasion and become the person I was meant to be. Yeah, you know? and yep. it's hard Absolutely. to view, view people that piss oh, yeah. you off that way. Sure. And it's easy in retrospect. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's exactly. The difference. And that's that's like kind of the, the I guess the hurdle or you know the threshold that you have to step over is that it's like it's easy enough to look back in retrospect and say, well, shit, that person really helped me out. Actually, it turned out, even though mm -hmm. I was so frustrated with them along the way. Yeah, it's hard you know? when it's happening. <laughs> it's, yeah, when it's happening, that's when. You, that, but that's really when it's of the utmost importance that mm -hmm. you're able to have that self awareness and say, oh, wait. You know, this is all, this can be whatever I want it to be, you right. know? And that's one of the things that, you know, I, I can't remember when it happened, but at one point in time, Joy said this to me. She was like, this has been years ago now, but I was pretty young when she met me. I think I was 20 or 21 when she met me, you know? Mm -hmm. And she was like, I, I was all fired up over something. I can't even remember how it went, but she was like, you know, she was like, just because you're mad at so-and-so because they were an asshole to you, it was like, you're choosing to be mad. And I was like, what do you mean? And, you know, and I didn't get it. And she was like, no, you've, you've made a choice. 
you've chosen that instead of like just letting it slip off and not really care about it, you've prioritized it and made a big deal out of it right. and chosen that like, I'm going to be mad about this. Mm-hmm. She was like, I mean, why are you choosing to be mad over it? You could easily choose just not to be mad. Just like if someone's annoying, you don't have to be annoyed. If someone's right. frustrated, you don't have to be frustrated by it, you know? And it was like really kind of like a moment where I was like, oh, no shit, huh? And it wasn't like something that I couldn't, didn't already really kind of have an idea of, but the way in which it was delivered was like, oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense because we're always faced with that in every moment of our life. And however challenging or less challenging is really what puts on the screws and turns them in and says, oh, okay, if we're really going to turn the screws on you, how how well can you handle this, you know, versus – Oh, well, I'm going to give you a, a quarter turn and let you sit with it, you know. <laughs> and so that's what it's all about is having to be able to experience that thing but then at the same time have that self-awareness and say, oh, okay, this is a good thing for me. I am going through this for a reason, whether I like it or not. I'm going to be better because of it. Mm-hmm. I don't have to kick back a bunch of negativity just because I'm feeling negativity. And actually, alchemy is transmuting that negativity into positivity. And that's really the best thing you could do is try right. to turn your spirit to gold. I mean, that's, you know, to use the metaphor, the right. alchemy, esoteric metaphor. You right. Know? So, yeah, and, and that, that translates to what's going on in the world today in politics and and, and everything um you know this this is this is a huge opportunity to really change things i think you know it's a it's a huge opportunity that that it's rather than looking at it as like oh things are so fucked and the world's gonna end i think it's it might be better if we started thinking you know this things are so bad right now that it's 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 gonna create an opportunity not only personally for us to be our best selves and deal with this negativity, but also to, um, in turn, turn it all around, potentially. You know, it's, it's an opportunity. If things were going fine, you know, I remember when things were going fine in the 90s and stuff when, you know, the <laughs> economy was good and, you know, I had a lot of money coming in when I was working in effects. It's like, there was no, I was totally complacent. There was Mm -hmm. no need to dig deep other than, you know, my own personal apocalypses that happened, but on like this greater level, there was no need to think about, um, I don't know, income inequality or things like that because, you know, everyone was doing (laughs) doing pretty well generally, it seemed like. Well, but the beauty again is that that's, that is what we're dealing with. As you said before, now with this apocalypse is that the illusion is being shattered. And you even said in the documentary, it's the same thing. The nineties was the illusion that it's like, Oh no, it's all good. And it's all working the way it's supposed to work. You know, it's all cool. And then like the illusion shattering is like, Oh my God, it's not only was it not working, it hasn't been. And it's so (laughs) forever, so much more fucked up than we even knew it (laughs) was. That, you know, yeah, and that's the that's the thing everyone's realizing. And that's why, of course, it's like you could have the reaction to just run in a circle and chase your tail and be terrified. And yeah, you could even do that for a little bit, but at some point in time, you gotta stop doing that right. and choose to do something productive with your energy. Right, right. Because running around being scared definitely isn't helping yeah, anybody. I mean, the first thing that happens when a person becomes like biologically, when a first the first thing that happens when a person becomes scared is that they recede from their prefrontal cortex, which is where logical thinking is, and they go to their mammalian brain, right in the middle, which is mm-hmm. all about emotion. So immediately, fear equals emotional responses. Now people are just emotional beings, and they're not even thinking right. at all. Until they can stop being emotional, 
in which case then they can come back into the prefrontal lobe cortex and start intellectualizing. And right. so fear is the worst thing you could, that's the worst place you could be in. You know? I, I, I remember, on, you know, through social media on Facebook, right after the election, people were so, people on the left were so freaked out that it was, you know, people were just angry and afraid and freaked out. And I can see now that there's this distance from that, that, some people are kind of coming out of that and thinking more rationally like okay i mean i've i saw people that were just like burn it all down fuck this <laughs> you know and without really thinking about what that means cuz you know burn it all down anyway um but i see some of those same people and not a lot but i've seen some people that were like that that are now like okay what let's put all this anger aside and this emotion aside what is going to change things and make them better and this is what we need to do. And, and it's like, it's exactly what you're saying. Um, that uh, enough time has passed where some people are coming out of the, the complete shock and fear of what happened, yep. you know? So, um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, it's an opportunity, you know, it really is an opportunity. And I, and I, you know, as much as it seems totally counterintuitive, I, I do feel, I really feel hope for the future still, you know, and that's, Maybe just me being optimistic, but well, here's the thing: is I definitely feel hope. I mean, I mean, th- I've never had a shortage of hope. That's actually one of the things that I think uh, people enjoy about me, but also can be scary about me is that I never have a shortage of it. It's not that I don't have hope. There's tons of hope. It's just how much faith I have. You right. know what I mean? Well, that's, that's the, the thing, thing with me, know? man. I've always had faith. That's one thing Lisa said. Um, it, it, that she is said she kind of envies in me was you have a lot of faith and it's like something I've naturally always just felt, you know, ever since I was a kid. You do. And, and I've, and I, and I very much, you know, that's one of the reasons why I really, I have always been attracted to you and why you, you're one of my closest friends, my closest friend really, because you have that about you and I don't, and I need that. That's something I, that, same thing with joy. Joy has a lot of faith right. and I need people in my life that have that. I, mm-hmm. cause I don't have right. enough of it. And I need people around me reminding me because that's the only way I can get it through my thick right. fucking skull. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to add that's one... to avoid personal apocalypses, by the way, that's one of the ways I remedy the potentiality of those, that particular right. person apocalypse is by keeping people around that remind me of the things that I can't right. remind myself. And what of. is, and what is that? And what does that do? That brings people that love you. That brings more people that love you to you, which is healthy. You yep. know? So it's like a good, a good uh, result of, of some sort of lack that you have. Yep. It's, it's, it's this, again, this lack that- pushes you into getting people that have more faith around you and those, and right. and that's a healthy good thing so it's in and, and, and i'm just saying in a sense that negative has pushed you into a positive by it being has. more connected and to I other think, people yeah and i think for anybody listening that that just starts with how that translates to them is it starts with self-awareness because the only way that i would know who to beckon into my life and who to have into my life is if i have enough awareness of myself to say i'm lacking in these things right. and i need you know, the universe doesn't always send you what you need, but it, you know, I mean, I, I wish that it did, but sometimes it sends you what you don't need. And it turns out that what you didn't need is what you need, but the don't <laughs> need part could be avoided if you just get what you need to start right. with. Right? And so that's where that self-awareness comes in. That's the avoiding of that per- personal apocalypse. I don't need a negative person in my life to teach me that I right, need positive right, people in my life. Right, <laughs> you know? right. That's almost like a stage in the game, you yeah. know, that you, that you draw a bunch of negative people towards you until it, beats you over the head enough to go, oh, okay, 
this no, is, I don't need that. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I see what this is showing me. I'm too, you know, trusting but without having people earn my trust or so, yep. whatever. There's, there's always lessons in that. Um, uh, but I, we're getting near the end, but I, I wanted to ask you personally before we go, since you're going through the shit right now, do you, if you have any, um, I don't know, from a perspective of ha- having it happen to them right now, if you have any reflections or advice to p- other people that are going through it or any, 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 do, new, yeah. any new like insights that have come from, from this for you or anything that you could tell the audience or other people I would say this. going through it. I just think that it's really for me and I think that it's really important and I found that it's specifically true in this experience and I'm learning about this to allow myself to feel my feelings like that's like the biggest that that's been so hard for me. It's funny that I've just really within I would even say the past like two years started to learn about that and I'm going to be like 39 next month. So it's like it's taken me a long time to figure out that that's really important is just to allow myself to feel my feelings and It's like, especially when you're in a personal apocalypse, because you're going to be angry at what's happening. You know, you're going to be sad. You're going to be depressed. You're going to be despondent. Yeah, you're going to be scared. You know, you're going to have these feelings and it's not going to be healthy to pretend you don't or fight them or try to do anything like that at all. It's like trying to numb them. Yeah, it's super healthy to just basically if you're angry, well, then allow yourself to feel angry in a healthy venue and be angry if that's what you need to be. But the thing is, if you allow yourself, I've found that you end up, of course, as is the cliche, you get through that phase and then it's followed by another phase. And then after that, you know, you're kind of grief stricken and you're like, well, I'm really sad now. I was really mm. pissed. Right now. I'm not pissed anymore. Now I'm really sad. Now I'm like, damn it. That sucks that things turned out that way, you know, and you're grieving it right. and allow yourself to grieve it. That's OK. Right. You know, it's like you're 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 letting something die and giving up on it right. and letting go of it. And that's like it's you should be sad about that. You right. should put a headstone up and, you know, Mm -hmm. say what you got to say. But again, you still have to move on and have your life and do what you're going to do. You know, so I guess it's just important. And then as you come, you start to see maybe the light, you start to feel like hope and potential anticipation for good things happening. Well, let yourself feel that too, because the tendency is then to say, well, no, you shouldn't feel that you should still be grieving. And you, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You have to, you know, allow yourself to detach from the thing that you're letting go of in order to reattach to the thing you're going towards. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that means a point in time where you stop lamenting and you start accepting and start saying, oh, okay, well, this could be cool maybe. And it's going to go this way and that will be different. And you start looking at the pros instead of just focusing at the cons, because I think any one of those emotional stages can be kind of like a pitfall. And you can fall into that you and get, get stuck on that emotion. Yeah. yeah. And you could just be angry forever now, right. or you could be just sad forever now or whatever. And I think it's just better to allow yourself to go ahead and go through those, but then also know when it's time to go ahead and move on too. you know, and I don't, and I, I have no key or magic to like when that is. Cause of course for everyone, it's going to be different, right. but I feel it. I can feel it in me. Like it's okay for me to start to feel hopeful a little bit now. Like right. I can start to be like, okay, things are going to happen. You know, I'm actually a little excited even about, and you know, mm-hmm. and not like hating on the fact that I'm excited, but like, Oh, well, that means that things could be different. Mm-hmm. And if I was really, it turns out I was really at odds with how things were. And even if I wasn't fully aware of that, then things being different can only be a good thing. Right. right <laughs> you know, right, right. so again, it's kind of that vacillation of allowing yourself to go into that mammalian brain and have that emotional body, but then come back into your thinking brain and be okay. I'm like, you know, a hominid now, and I'm going <laughs> to think about that stuff, you know? And, <laughs> 
if you can regulate that back and forth, I think that ultimately that's a really healthy, you know, uh, um, neural pathway shift that all of us should find, you know, a, a through this to be better and better at doing it over time. And I, I'm not saying that I'm like, you know, king of the road here, but I'm definitely feeling like I, I'm navigating my way through this in a healthy manner. I'm not doing any anything super irresponsible yeah. yeah, or self-destructive or, you know, ridiculously spontaneous or risk-taking or anything like that. So even last night when I was out doing crazy shit in, in the middle of the night, I was being super careful. Right, so, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm always super careful. So anyway, yeah, I guess that's what that's my biggest current reflection. That's how I've been feeling lately is is that way. Yeah, so that's like that's really about uh, processing emotions, allow, allowing yourself to process emotions in a healthy way. And and part of um, you know what I learned when I went to therapy years ago is 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 exactly what you just said that you have to allow yourself time and space to feel the feelings that you're feeling, and the feelings aren't bad. The feelings mm-hmm. aren't bad. They're, they're they're there for a reason. You're supposed to feel them. It's if you weren't mm-hmm. feeling them, then it's a real problem, you yeah, know, because yeah, it's right? like they're buried so deep that 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 they're they're going to start causing you problems in your life unconsciously that you don't know that you don't understand. And so yeah. it's like allowing yourself to process your feelings, and then, like you said, knowing when to move on. You know, is is a personal thing, but it's also part of the equation. Because yeah, yeah. Because I know I know people that have been got pissed at, from circumstances when they were a kid and never got unpissed their whole yeah, life yeah. and then died angry yeah you know? and it's yeah. like it is it is easy to get stuck in that but i think the as long as you're aware of it as long as you're aware that that's a pitfall you can um you know choose to pull yourself out of it at some point and focus yep. on other things and there's lots of techniques and stuff and ways for that and I'll use this also as a little opportunity for people going through it. If you can manage it, meditation always, always helps all this stuff. You know, it really helps as far as processing emotions and and having, and mainly self-awareness. That's really what meditation is all about. So Mm -hmm. that's my, well, you know, the other thing that's important that I'll mention, I think that's, that's really important. I think it's also really important that people know, like if you are feeling suicidal at all and you're listening to this podcast right now or doing anything else in your life, please call somebody. Like yeah. there are tons of people, toll free numbers that you can call, We, you know, and you should and you should yeah. talk to somebody because it's never it's never worth that no matter what. Yeah, that no. that right there is like the worst thing you could possibly do under mm-hmm. any circumstances ever yeah. on every <laughs> level there is. And so <laughs> don't do that. Call somebody. Yeah, I, I, Chet and I both feel unified on that. But it's serious because right now, you know, I, I know people that feel suicidal. I've never had suicidal issues myself, but I've had a lot of people in my life that mm-hmm. have had suicidal issues. So I very much can relate to what that must be like, at least empathetically. Right. And so, yeah, if anyone's feeling that and you're listening to this now or doing anything else in your life, if you feel that way a week from now, same fucking story. Right, right. Call because there are people that care and it is not worth it. So. Yeah. I mean, just look at all these celebrities that have killed themselves in the last few years. It's just so, you know, it's tragic when anybody does it, but when someone who's you know you have you're invested in their art does it it's it's it really hits the point home that nobody should ever ever do that and you know what if they had just made one phone call yep. the whole you know it's just it's it's against the rules 
It's the yep. one. It's the one rule. If there's one rule in life, it's don't kill yourself. Yep, that's <laughs> it. That's it. Everything yep. else you you can manage, but don't kill well, yourself. It, there's the actually there's two. There's the don't kill yourself and don't kill anybody right? else. Right? Okay. Yeah, that's the, true. Now again, I'm no sure there are people that are, that are veterans that are listening to this, and I understand that there are circumstances under which right. people kill. And in fact, if someone tried to come and fuck with my shit, I might very well kill them too. So <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying I. I you, you know. Yeah, that yeah. rule is. Uh, but still, don't kill anybody and don't kill yourself. That's a good good way. And to call end. and call somebody too, because yes. again, you know, you and I joked before, but we were actually quite serious that there should be telephone line, you know, telephone call lines for people that are feeling homicidal or people that are feeling, you know, uh, inappropriate sexual attraction right. to children or anything else that is a deviant feeling. There should be numbers for that. You know, there should be people there to talk to those people. They shouldn't be like so afraid to talk to somebody that they're going to go act out on right. it. They can't just call to talk about it absolutely anyway the world needs to change (laughs) yep and we're at a getting to a point where it's going to be forced to be changed so yippee Uh, (laughs) yippee apocalypse it's the word apocalypse for me like it has this weird thing where it sounds like uh uh, uh, because it sounds so much like the word acapello, it like gives this, it, I don't know how to describe it. It's like one of a, it's like a synesthesia type thing where it's like apocalypse. And I hear this whole song in my head and it's like, I seriously I can hear a drum beat and it's like Moroccan kind of sound music. And they're like, and it's those steel drums, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, they make yeah. the steel drum sound. And it's like, the, and it's, and you can hear it's people happy like, and on upbeat. a xylophone and stuff too. Yeah. Like it's like this, it's That's true. Man. Every time the word apocalypse, it's like apocalypse. And there's this whole scene that goes on in my head. It's like people dancing and singing and stuff. Yeah, it's wild. Oh man! See if 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 we were able to, you know, could afford to do more production, we could actually get a little song together <laughs> in time for the for the show. With but... the ball bouncing over the syllables. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a like a uh, an old fashioned uh, bomb. Like a bomb like oh, yeah, with a yeah. fuse like, lit, you know? Spy versus spy style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that was great. So uh, we're at minute eight. Do, you have, do we have any new people to have, read off? No. Sadly, we have nobody new to read off. Okay. So anybody who's listening that's a member, turn somebody on to the Dark Arts Society. We need some new members. We actually, I, I'll be honest, we have had a drift here. Not only have we had a reduction in numbers, but we've had a, some reduction in pledges. And so we do need additional support because we're going the wrong direction. Um, and really, as Chet said before, it is kind of like the, the money from the Patreon really is making the podcast happen right now, just logistically speaking. Yeah. And, and personal apocalypse and such. <laughs> yeah. And uh, um, even if you're if you haven't joined just a dollar a month, you know, it's huge. If we, you know, you get we're going for numbers, large numbers of people and small donations is where it's at for us. So. That's what we're looking for. So, like, tell five friends and yeah. everybody a buck, and that's like that five bucks makes a serious difference. Yeah, if so. you enjoy the podcast, you you pay a buck a month, and then you're helping everyone to hear it for free. Really, you know. Well, and you get cool stuff. I mean, we almost every week we get you get to listen to it a week a day early. You know, the actual episode, mm. and there's all there's a lot of good stuff that's involved. Yeah. You get in the darker cooperative on Facebook, which is super. Yeah, active absolutely. Group. Yeah, it's good. I've noticed that being more active in the last week or so it's really members are freshing it up i know it's great and it's and it's turning into something that everybody's creating it's like we're not in here pushing it a certain way or shaping it we're letting the members shape it and it's really cool to watch it grow like that so um uh it's 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 important 
if you can to support like for a buck a month. And, and the thing is, the other thing I want to say, that's, uh, that's why I was stammering. Cause I was trying to remember what I was going to say, but the more support we get on the Patreon, the more we will be able to offer people in, yep. on, on existing tiers. Cause I want to add things to tiers as, yeah, we, like as we, we can afford add, to. Yeah. Yeah. You know? We already have ideas for the pin to add the pin to a tier. And so, yeah, we just need to be able to get enough going so we can do that stuff. Adding the website, adding the forum, adding publication, you know, adding yeah, the year. A lot of, the, there's so many things we can do that, that uh, we just kind of, you know, as soon as there's enough money to do it, we can, you know, grow it. It's going to, it's going to grow the thing make everything better so anyway thank you for listening that was a yes thank yeah. you all it was it was fun we appreciate it we'll yes. catch you all next wednesday yes and uh have, have a good rest of your week everybody well actually we'll catch you all on halloween oh yeah what are we gonna do for the halloween episode i have a great idea i'll tell you after we're done okay cool all right thanks everybody thanks mike yep thank Bye. you peace